Kamikas, you're on. Good evening, ladies and actors. I just got back from Venice, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Let me tell you about Venice. Venice is a very old city, very old. Very wonderful city, ancient city. You can learn a lot in Venice. You want to know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this? Oh, fuck! <laughs> Have you all heard about this new sect, the Christians? They are a laugh riot. First of all, they are so poor. How poor are they? Thank you. They are so poor that they have only one God. <laughs> are we Romans or rich? We got a lot of gods. We got a God for everything. The only thing we don't have a God for is premature ejaculation. But I hear that that's coming quickly. <laughs> oh, the little fag gets it. <laughs> Hey, let's face it, let's face it. What's the rage today? Losing weight is all the rage. Everybody in Rome is either in a steam room or a vomitarium. I mean, half of Rome is either cooking or puking. <laughs> but you can't blame these people. You can't blame these people for wanting to be thin. Who wants to look like a big fat pig? Did he say the exact thing? Yes, he did, sire. Do you think he's not me? I believe he did, sire. Oh. Get off the fat jokes! Get off fat! Get off fat! Fat. No, No. No. Uh, the two Jews got off. No. Uh, Syrian. Uh, uh, politics! 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 Yes. The Roman Senate. The Roman Senate is the best legislature that money can buy. Corruption starts in the streets with the little peddlers. They bribe an assemblyman. The assemblyman bribes a councilman. The councilman bribes a senator. And the senator, it goes all the way up to the emperor. Oh, shit. everybody, Dave Joscow Podcast, first day of August, well, the second day of August, but the month of August, 2017, that's what we're taping, this will come out the third day of August, very exciting stuff, obviously I have nothing to say in the intro, that's why I'm just talking about the date, and so let's talk about the weather, I guess, too, it's like, hey, it's a chilly, 24 degrees, it's not in here, actually, no, it's a beautiful day, anyway, we're going to start the podcast, I'll tell you everything right after this. Greetings, everybody. Yes, uh, obviously, I, uh, I, I haven't been preparing those intros, and uh, I wasn't sure exactly what I'm talking about tonight uh, because, you know, I'm having some uh, difficulty at home, but I always want to put out a fresh podcast for everybody. So uh, there will be a series of uh, guests who join me for personal reasons because I need friends. And uh, today, uh, one of my best pals... Alan Klein is here joining me uh, this evening. Hey, Dave. Hello, Thanks for Alan. having me. Thank you so much here. for coming. Confusing intro, but, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here. It's not so much confusing as it is... So many uh, dates and days. Well, that's because I, I really just didn't know what I was talking about. You oh. know? It's like I, I was like, oh, right, I have to say something over the intro. It's like my favorite time. I usually have 
stuff prepared in my head, but um, what I've always loved about you is even when you're you don't know what to say, it sounds like you're saying it with authority. You sound convinced. well. That's a nice thing to say yeah. because if that was true, I, I'd probably be more successful. Maybe I think people know when I'm bluffing. Uh, obviously, they did the night I was on stage at Artie's show in Atlantic City, uh, <laughs> which is why they booed. Oh no! Uh, what? Oh, you didn't hear about that? No, no, no. Tell me. Oh, it's classic. Yeah, I was doing um, his show in Atlantic City, and I got booed off stage. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of epic, though. It was epic. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, you know, there were guys going like, I'm funnier than you. I mean, it was the old standard that you see in the movies or you've seen with me before. Uh, I'm surprised you actually didn't laugh because that's pretty funny. Well, I did laugh, and I, but I just kept going, and I said, I'm just going to keep doing my material. That's how I really just, you know, that's how people get really angry. So um, I just kept going. And well, good for you. The worst part is, is that I'm opening for him um, on August 19th in Connecticut. And I am very uptight about that because, uh, you know, I stink. But, but, but in Connecticut, they, there's a lower bar, just in general. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm bad. No. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, Artie's been tweeting it nonstop. And all these nice people are saying, I'm coming out, I'm coming. I know they're not coming to see me. I know they're coming to see you. But in a way, they might be coming to see the train wreck uh, that is me. Well, you and are, yet, but you think are about a comedian. I'm talking comedian. about me mm-hmm. being a train wreck when they're going to see Artie, who is a complete train wreck. I mean, the guy's a mess. He shouldn't even be performing. He should be taking a break. Well, different kind of train wreck. I haven't I seen him. He hasn't texted me back. I don't know what's happening. He just keeps tweeting nonstop that we're performing together. Which is good. He's going to be at uh, Caroline's this weekend. I know he's been at the Comedy Cellar. I just haven't been down there. People say he's good sometimes. People say he's bad. So it's the same shit he's been... Uh, everybody's been taping Crashing this week. It is breaking my heart. Because hmm. uh, I'm not involved. You right, know, Artie's right. taping. Rachel's taping. Tom Shalhoub's taping. Like, all my friends are taping. And I'm not involved this week. Um, that's, a, that's a shame. Because, uh, honestly, you did a fantastic job on that. We were... I mean, I, I'm, I've been your biggest fan since college days yeah. but but even still um you know trying to be objective about it you, you did a great job you actually you. acted i mean it was yeah i know i guess uh, it was yeah. wonderful well it, it is funny it is you know acting you know when you you know if you dial it down because uh, obviously i can go bigger uh, uh, yes so and again um but that, biggest, that was the genius of it though the you biggest didn't. acting job of all is parading around in that towel as if it's okay with me <laughs> As if I'm not dying inside, knowing everybody's going to see my boobies, and uh, we did. But you're my at your hoo ha. You're, you're my, well. Uh, you, no, you're, <laughs> we can, there's, there was no hoo ha boobies. Well, yes, who knows? No. What if that towel fell off? Yeah, that would have. I been had a- them sew it on. There was not going to be any issue. I also, what I really wanted to do when I reached into the cabinet to get peanut butter, mm-hmm. I wanted to have that Donald Sutherland thing where you can see my tushy, where I, uh, you know, go up into the uh, cabinet and they're like, "Hello," and then you can see my hoo ha and my hey nanny nanny. Right, the same right. time. Wait, what's a hey nanny? Is that a different uh, <laughs> thing? Well, you'll be able to see my, <laughs> yeah, you know, and my hoo <laughs> hoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you did. I mean, honestly, that was uh, we, we were. Leonine. Well, apparently, it doesn't matter, and nobody cares. Yeah, you do a good job, and then you don't get rewarded by uh, coming on the next year. Obviously, everyone is jealous. Right, right. It's true. I really don't know what the problem is. I'm really upset about it. Um, I, I've been trying to get over it, but now that they're actually filming it. Right. This week it's, it's bothering you. me again, yeah, of course. and then of course it'll bother me when it airs. When everybody's going to be like, "Oh, are you on again this season?" I saw it was coming up. I'm like, "No, I am not." So that is devastating. Yeah, 
But you need something every week that is devastating. I do personally. personally. That's what keeps me going. You know, as a person really that's personally don't. here and for you again, personally, that brings me to why Alan is here today. Yes, again, I have Selena issues. Uh, I don't. I and I didn't. If I was by myself, I think that's all I would talk about. It's um, you know really fucking up my life. I cry all the time. I'm thing. very attached to this cat. As you know, on this podcast, I play those things. It's the thing I've only the only thing I've ever loved in my life, and that includes my parents or anybody else. Um, and uh, no, it's, diffi- it's, it's difficult. A, it's difficult. And the it, but you know what's funny? We were just talking about this. Everybody I see on the street or whatever, isn't yeah, it the street? It, thing, it, and tell, you did it say, too. Do it. Okay. okay. Yeah, Alan. Um, yeah. Bad news. My cat's dying. Uh, have you seen a vet? No. I was like, I'm going to just diagnose it myself. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't, what do I need well, a vet you, for? What see, do I got to pay for a vet for? But see, you opened with, they, they can't wait to put her down. That's what you opened with. I was like, well, have you seen In this that? case, but I'm saying I haven't yeah. opened with that before. Oh, and gotcha. Everybody gotcha. is saying, I'm talking about every, Rachel, uh, Marina, uh, my mother, my, I mean, everybody's like, have you taken her to the vet? What? No. I decided, I'm just going to go this one. I know a cat's diagnosis. I think I know what's best for Mike. I don't need some... Uh, sham doctor telling me some fucking cunt who went to school. You know, like, I mean, come on. Of course I took her to the vet. It's like, a, but you know what the disconnect it's is? It's so weird that everybody yeah. says that. And it's weird that you, I said that to you. And I'm like, why should we say that? And then we met somebody on the street. Who said, exa- who said the exact same thing. I told you. But, but, but it's funny, though, because I noticed. Okay. So, it's like somebody saying, you're going to be in crashing, too. But, you know, because I think people are trying to avoid the obvious. You know, you said, know. you know, and I, you know, my my first thing was was yeah. Did you see that? Because I didn't. I guess I didn't put together that the people that actually put the you know, euthanize are the same people oh, that yeah. that. Would, well, it, it could also be in the fact too. that people think I'm an idiot and I'm just not responsible enough to take care of my cat. Uh, clearly, well, I, I would assume that everybody knows how much I care about my cat. Sure. Now, I I don't want to uh, talk about this anymore. No, no. But uh, we should I move just on to current events. Tell maybe? you no, that no. Um, like they keep I keep calling the doctor and I'm like, yeah, she's not eating, and they're like, yeah, you got to put her down. They they just keep saying, yeah, yeah, you got to put it down, and I'm like, they're, they're, so. That's your answer? You're like the worst doctor I've ever... So, in a way, maybe I should not go to a doctor. I don't know whether I should get a second opinion. All right, let's not talk about that. I just had to give you an update because people right. on Twitter have been so nice. Alan, oh. so nice. I know you hear bad things about Twitter all the time. People have been so nice. They're like, I'm so sorry. Um, I heard about it. Like, people get it. And, people, it, and people, it's really... Also um, with pets, and, and particularly cats in particular. I'm, I'm a more dog person, as you know, but, but people... Why would really, I know that? Did you have a dog growing up? You've I never had even dogs. had a pet. I had dogs. You did? I did. See, I never had a pet my whole life. So I didn't understand. I used uh, to make fun of people with right, pets. Right, right. I used to make fun of people when they're like, big deal, it's dying. You're going right. to replace it anyway. What's well, the like big fucking deal? I'm totally yeah, like that with yeah. people. I still don't give a shit about that. Right. But there's, for some reason, this connected with me, and I never thought it would be like this. And if I had known this was going to happen, I don't know. I wasn't thinking ahead. I probably never would have done it. Right. It's just too sad. Um, also, But um, the good news is you're capable of love, Dave Juskow. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, it's, it seems like you actually are. I mean... Uh, much to people's chagrin. I mean, who yeah. who knew? Who knew that about um, you? Again, also, uh, when we just played the clip up top from History of the World, um, I'm sorry they say the fag likes it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan is a homosexual. Thank you. Uh, so, I'm uh, really good at it, I too. did not play that on purpose because they said that. It's funny. As I was playing it, I'm like, 
ooh, this has that thing where he goes, the fat guy. Hey, hey the fat guy. I forgot it. about that. Actually. I forgot about it too yeah. until immediately until I started playing. I was I'm so running the whole thing right I, was, by. I know you don't. I was thinking of running out of here. It's just kind of funny in it. Turning uh, on the air conditioning. I don't or think like you that. could. It's funny that Mel Brooks is is heralded as a you know a, a, a great comedian, and this you and I both agree that that is true. But it is funny when he uses the you know the uh, the way he treats black people in his films, and even though in a way it's forerunning, like it's a it's a you know the amazing thing we did with Blazing Saddles is amazing. It's it's really interesting and and cool and on point with um, setting a new tone for comedies. But it is funny that he uses the word fag and stuff like that, and everybody's like, ah! Well, <laughs> but that was back then. The, the, that was back then. N-word but too, even then, it was still pretty bad. It was. It, but he had. Well, a, he never used he had the N-word. A, well, no, and, and he had a. You know, in bla- uh, Blazing uh, Saddles, he had a, a black star. I mean, that was genius. And no, in, I know that, that's that the interesting comedy, thing. The black person was the was hero, so and that had never happened. And in that sense, not in a like a comedy like that before. I mean, yeah. blazed a, a new trail. If Blazing you will. Saddles is such a groundbreaking uh, movie in so many different ways. Number one, uh, probably the first comedy where they ever threw around curse words. Right. You know, and I, now if that's, uh, you know, trailblazer, I mean, it's probably fucked everything up, you know, but uh, still, at least, you know, we weren't kidding ourselves that like when the movies you are not allowed to, you know, like I always use that example of, uh, frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn that people are like, well, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my ears. Um, my virgin ears can't handle it. I mean, it's so crazy. And Howard Stern was talking about the most interesting thing uh, Monday or maybe last week. He was he watches The Bachelorette, right? right? And she goes, I just didn't like him anymore because he really turned into a douchebag. And or a douche. Even he said douche. And he was talking about how in nineteen eighty one he was in DC and he said douche a couple of, and and he the president of the network came down and sat him down wow. and was like, You cannot use these words. And this is a guy that kind of made all these words acceptable. Where it's just all such bullshit. Like in London, obviously, they don't give a shit. Right, they don't bleep out most words. Kids curse because it's just, it's the vernacular. It's just words. Well, we have a president that grabs pussies and talks about pussies. I mean, and I don't want to get you in a bad mood or anything. Why would that get me in a bad mood? I love that he talks about pussy. No, no, pussy. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about, oh, you dick. Why did you even bring that up? I didn't even think about it. Okay, You're like the worst friend ever. All right, so you know what? I'm going to get another one. We're going to cancel the, cut the podcast. Cut the podcast. Abort. Oh, oh. And, and who am I talking to? I know, I'm a, like, go cut the, the podcast. Cane. Here's the cane. No, I have a producer. I know. Well, it used to be Selena. Damn oh, it. We keep coming back. Keep to it. Coming. But the other thing about Mel Brooks that's interesting, too, is although it, you know, it was really amazingly new and trailblazing back then, it's you kind of it's it's. It's of its time. You can't. It's not timeless at all. You can't no. watch it. Kids, I will say, oh, you have oh. to see High Anxiety. Oh, wait, 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 and I'll wait. have a younger you, person. Saying, uh, it's not it, timeless. In other words, you know. If, if oh, kid, you think it's dated? I think it's very. Yeah. You think Blazing Saddles is dated? It is. See, I disagree. I disagree. But have because you seen it with a young person that's not a comedian? They okay, will but you're not looking get at it. it for different reasons. If you see it with a young person, they're probably not going to laugh. No, not at all. Right. Well, some of the jokes are dated. They're sticky. Right. Yes. But the message still holds because race is still so, you know, true, uh, you know, so relevant mm-hmm. and still such a problem, even with a black president that, just, you know, it's still that's why I talk about all the time. I'm like still surprised that there's still an issue like we but we just had a black president. What are you what are you so angry about? I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe I'm like crazy, but um, but no, the 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 point of the story and 
is still completely relevant, and you have to explain to kids, and it, well, you have to explain to. I'm not saying I suppose that's true of like even all in the family, which you have to explain. This right. is what I do with my nieces all the time when I show them something. You have to understand before this, there they didn't have movies like this. I was explaining to somebody Saturday Night right. Fever, who's about this girl who works at Tommy Bahamas, who's about uh, that girl Leah. Right. Maybe she's 32. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I don't think she's older than that. And she had never seen Saturday Night Fever. And I was trying to explain to her that you should watch it because it's very entertaining. And you'll be surprised how entertaining it is. And maybe it doesn't hold up, but in a sense, it's a time capsule of that era. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, take, for instance, the fact that they do all this stuff on the Verrazano Bridge. That bridge was only about 10 years old, you know, when, maybe 13 years old what when they did that? all that stuff. So it was a brand new bridge in these, this place in Brooklyn where it's all just the times and they're worried about dinner and they're like, hey, don't touch my hair. And then all of a sudden there's this, the most amazing longest suspension bridge on the planet and it's right out their window. And so that's interesting, let alone disco, which um, not only was it capturing a moment, but it also propelled the moment into this era. Wow, Dave. uh, And let alone... um, I happen to have Marshall McLuhan right here. (laughs) Well, yes, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, let alone John Travolta's amazing performance in it, his acting, and the fact that it's still very badass um, and deals with a little bit of rape and and things like that. But in the sense of that is the way it was. Right. And you could get away with that stuff back then. And that's what makes it such a very important piece. And when you're going to tell a kid, you know, and, and show them a movie like that, you have to sit down and explain. You don't understand there was nothing... They didn't have movies like this. They didn't, you know, they didn't make a musical no, you, it's like this to, with dancing and singing. It's harder to watch. singing in the rain. You know, they could never have foreseen sure. that there's going to be, hey, go, hey, you cunt, you fucking cunt, you know, like call it, and then, but still make it a musical. And when it came out, it was rated R, and it was so popular because he was the shit. They, the, Rocky, Jaws, right. and Saturday Night Fever all came out as R-rated films. Hmm. And they changed them, cut scenes to make them PG, so everybody could go. Right, right. You were I, no, I was. I was just going to say. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, with a with a comedy, it's a, a a little more difficult than a musical because you're relying on on laughter to propel yeah. you through the and laughter does the change through the ages. And right. it's like I can't uh, from the life of us. Mm-hmm. We can't imagine what our parents saw in your show of shows when they would air these shows once in a while. Like, I, how many episodes have you seen? One? I've probably seen one my entire life. I'm like, really? really? And I'm sitting there trying. Right. We like comedy, you yeah. and I. We worship it and we feel like we know about it. You know, we've been around it. I am sitting there. I remember trying to watch an episode. Some guy at work gave it to me, and I was trying to watch it. And I'm like, let me see the history of comedy here. And I'm trying for the life of me to decide. When does it get funny? So I understand if you're going to say there's a 15-year-old watching Blazing Saddles and we're like, well, when does this get funny? And you just have to explain there was nothing like it. And I guess our parents would say... And again, I talk about this all the time. Before we were born, movies blew. Before the 70s came in, even then there weren't kids' movies or anything. And there weren't good comedies before Blazing Saddles. You know, our parents would tell us Some Like It Hot is the funniest movie ever. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> it's the worst movie ever made, except that you sit there and say, wow, I can't believe Marilyn Monroe is in this. 
This is fascinating because I've heard about her in high school. Right. I read about her. Remember, she was in our textbooks. Would Scotty, think, would Scotty think this that it was a funny movie? Would does Scotty? I, Why? Scotty Why is this not in it? I know, but still, Marilyn's a you know a gay icon as well. Is Marilyn a gay icon? I think so. Yeah. Well. The but, point, but, is, but I know your point. Scotty's I, I not going to sit there and go, "Oh my God, this Scotty's a normal but, guy." But <laughs> do you do you wonder why? Uh, you know, so so some shows uh, and movies seem dated, yet others like Mary Tyler Moore, the Mary Tyler Moore show, is for some reason timeless. You can watch well, that. It's at really any... not timeless, though. I mean, you just have to look at these things in different ways. The Mary Tyler Moore show is completely dated in its um, pacing. Sure, and but that's but a problem it's still fun- because but it's you, still funny. Some of it's still strange, funny, yeah. and some of it is just. You, you, I, I listen. I agree. I mean, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to tell you the Dick Van Dyke Show is still funny to me. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to let a kid watch it, I don't think they're going to find it funny. Because my litmus, my litmus test is 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 Lee, my you know my other half. But and, Lee and, is our age, and he well, likes no, what we show years, him. He's watch. ten years younger. Ten doesn't count. And and he I'm never wa- he never grew up watching TV. So when 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 we watched all of the Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, uh, every remember, season I mean, a couple years ago, right? Then, or, right. Or, or, we watched totally every. Into it, yeah. yeah, I mean Lee. W- well, it's funny, but again, Lee was already. But Bob Newhart, 40. the Bob Newhart show. No, I never Rhoda? thought that was funny. No, I never thought that was funny. Hmm. Rhoda doesn't hold up at all. I was just watching right. it right. Saturday. But why? That's the worst show. For, it was never good. <laughs> Rhoda was never good. And Bob Newhart was a stretch. It wasn't. Right. It you know, it's like you have to like that kind of comedy. Here's a guy. If you're 15. Uh, you know, we used to watch it because it was the right. only thing on. So that was CB- the we CBS don't even lineup. know whether it would be probably, but yeah. you have to really get, I mean, here's a guy who is just dull and <laughs> right. everybody in it besides Howard Borden, who maybe is the only cup of tea. And you're sitting there when you're 15, like this guy's a fucking idiot. And the only thing that's good about him is he was on I Dream of Genie. So right. it, you know, the Bob Newhart's not a good show, even though now I, I watch it, but Mary Tyler Moore kicks ass in comparison. Still, it's still actually funny. But and Mary it, Tyler Moore was, um, it's also relevant in its way of a woman working in the office. Again, you have to explain to people, like, but there weren't women who were independent at this time. It's, inter- how- it's interesting, though, that that show dealt with race, dealt with uh, uh, sexual orientation. It dealt with um, all the issues that we deal with today. Um, as did Golden Girls, which is also still funny. Golden Girls completely holds up because yeah. Golden Girls can hold up because it's old people and everybody can relate to, well, you know, for me, watching it in the 80s, it used to make me happy about getting older. Right. I'm like, well, maybe I'll still be able to be funny because, when I'm because older. Because cheesecake. Well, whatever the case may be. But that does still hold up. It does. Um, which is interesting. But Mary Tyler Moore holds up more than Bob Newhart because... You have a character like Lou Grant and Ted Baxter who are amazing. Lou Grant is so funny without being funny. He's a fat, awesome, you know, authoritative. The fact that he's the boss, he's so cute. And Ted, a a brilliant actor, is a genius. And he's so funny. Bob Newhart has none of those characters. That's right. He has none of those characters. I mean, they're okay, but they are not iconic. And Dick Van Dyke has Buddy Sorrell, who is funny all the time. His jokes are still really funny. And Dick Van Dyke is a genius and so amazing as a leading actor. And Mary Tyler Moore is good in in both Mm -hmm. of these shows. And Rhoda is a good character, you know? Brilliant. And and, and she's so unassumingly pretty. If you're a a man watching today, like, 
God, you're just sometimes you're staring like, God, she really is pretty. And then you're like, nah, she's stupid. And then you're like, no, no, she's really pretty. Like if you're a straight guy, this is what you're looking at. Although as a gay man, she was probably iconic in that sense too. Well, she was she she was a fashion maven. She was right, Jewish. Right. She was a yeah, Jewish character, right, right. an out Jewish. But character. I was watching Rhoda Saturday. Uh, season two, episode one, and it was a bag of shit. Yeah. But I've talked about this on this show before. Besides Rhoda's wedding, I mean, I went through the ratings and everything. They just fucked that show up. I don't mm. know how it lasted so long. It's all her. It's all Mary Tyler Moore and her popularity. Right. But that show stinks. Yeah, it didn't and hold I don't up know what else holds up. Um, not a lot of stuff holds up. It because most a lot of the stuff doesn't hold up that we grew up on that we liked because of the pacing. Uh, the Love Boat, stuff like that that you, you and I used to watch, unfortunately, on Saturday nights because we couldn't get dates. Uh, well, speak for your... Yeah, you're right. Anyway, we used to uh, watch it together, Alan. I know, we had I nothing know. to do on Saturday. thinking about cream, making designer cream cheese, which has been done since. Oh, my God, several, Alan, We had the I best idea. I was at the goddamn yeah. grocery store here, which is a bag of shit store. Yeah. And I'm looking at the cream cheese. They got strawberry. They got all the stuff that the idea, that idea. we had that was, in 1984. We mixed Nutella. This is how it started. I went to uh, you know my trip to your. I, I came back with Nutella, and we mixed it with cream cheese, chocolate cream cheese. We thought. I mean, that was our idea. We you. I'll never forget that day. I came over, and you had some sort of chef put together a bunch of stuff. I and mean, we had no, we the did plan. it. We did it. We did it. Ourselves. Well, you had the plan. Yeah. Your mother yeah. was involved. If if our parents were smarter, if we knew somebody, they weren't cheap. We really, we could have, we could have, we, we just didn't cornered, know anybody. We could have cornered we the specialty. We didn't know anybody. And remember, that didn't even come market. out for thirty years right. after we thought no, about it. That now was our it's idea. there, but it's it's unbelievable. It took thirty years before. Yeah. Story of my life. Even a salmon cream cheese, they just came out with. I think Claud- Claudia Minervini can back us up. I think we told her about this idea. Yeah, well, our parents remember it too yeah. because they thought uh, my dad used to say I was like Michael Keaton in uh, Night Shift. They blame it. He's like, they blame oh, what's your next thing here? Edible paper. Feed fish mayonnaise. <laughs> idea idea for tuna. Feed fish mayonnaise. They blame us for it not happening as if we could have funded this ourselves. Who, our parents? Yeah. Well, my no, mother. No, my mother. I, oh, remember the cream cheese? Yeah, I remember. I remember you didn't help well, us at all. That's well, what that's I remember. The, no, we can't blame her. I'm not blaming. You I'm and mentioning. I are not bright guys. And there are people that are 22. <laughs> yeah, that are who, very smart. They're entrepreneurs. Who are entrepreneurs and know how to do it. Plus, with the internet, the internet. maybe it would have been no, easier. But if we had... YouTube back when we were doing the nothing special. Could you imagine? Yeah, I, I, Alan, seriously, I think about it all the time. Being five, a little five years younger, yep. I think would have made a big difference for me in many ways. Because when I started doing stand up, or at least when I got back into it again in the '90s, when I met Sarah and Atel and everything, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the kids were working at Comedy Central. They had Comedy right. Central. When you and I got out of college, I applied at all three networks to just do production stuff. Right. When they got out of college, five years later, there was MTV, there was, uh, you know, there, there, there was uh, oh, there Comedy were... Central, there, there was a USA, there was a whole bunch more right. networks you could go to. But Comedy Central, I mean, they had comedy, you know, sh- stations and stuff, which yeah. would be so cool, which I'm sure I could have got a job on, you know, out of college maybe. Or but I mean, working uh, you know, comedy. Look, at, look at some of these YouTube uh, stars. YouTube, forget I mean, about yeah, it. I mean, they're, they're make, they were, I mean, Google kind of cut this off, but they were making, you know, up, upwards of a million dollars. Well, that's just recently, but that's ridiculous. But I'm talking, I mean, but, but I mean, I, we could have, have we could have done that. Yeah. If, but if we were 10 years younger and no more than that. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> but, uh, it's funny yesterday, last week I was talking about when we filmed my MTV audition in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. And, uh, this guy, Steve Torelli, um, he always makes a, like a, a like kind of a collage of right. what we talk about in the podcast. 
and he made a collage of me holding that beach ball with the white shorts. Remember, like I was oh, wearing I the shorts it. I and, love it. and the Hawaiian shirt. And uh, Wait, do, you, do you a remember collage that? or diorama? It's definitely not a diorama because oh, that's, that's a, I, like I a love 3D dioramas. Thing, you know? Yeah. No, he does it really good, and it's really fun, and it's always like uh, we put. Do you still have that? Do you still have that? On tape? I, I don't know. No, we gave it to MTV, and it oh. was impossible to make copies back then, remember? Right. And that's what I was saying. The reason I was saying was because it was like you had to come out, and we had a, I think I had to rent the camera from a guy in Perth Amboy, wow. and we had to rent the microphone. Can you imagine you could do that on your iPhone now. I can't that's even. It drives me insane remember thinking about it. How we edited. We, stu- we edited. We didn't even I mean, edit. not, we, but, we but, just but, have to stop the camera and continue. <laughs> right. But even when we were in, in, in school, in a, in a school known for uh, TV production and film production, you know, we had these editing ed- those three you know, quarter ed- inch tapes. Uh, editing tapes. You know what's even and they, weirder? And they'd get, you know, you'd have, you'd notice even and on this lose professional. you generation. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. I actually was able to buy for $50 a three quarter editing a three-quarter machine. That's amazing. Which would have cost $2,000. At you know, least. In the day when I was even editing my cable access show, mm-hmm. remember Greg LaFaro was kind enough to let me use his stuff downtown. I mean, Right, right. Yes. And, I, and my dream was always like, you know, I never did anything on Saturday nights. My dream was to always, God, I, I could be editing my show now in my house if I only yeah. had the equipment here. And now it's like people can do that. And now I have all the equipment, but I have nothing to edit. And maybe I do, and I choose not to, because I'm lazy and tired and old now. Well, yeah, you I know, I'm so bummed about this sometimes. Yeah, it I, I, I think about that a lot too, because I mean, we what we would have done with just that. I mean, the, you we had to beg, borrow, and steal for equipment, like you said, yeah. for cameras, for editors, for, for this yeah, and that. Go to this creepy guy in Perth Amboy in his basement. It's horrifying. You didn't know equipment. if you were going to get a. And he was a genius for even renting the equipment. Yeah. You know, like the fact that he had this equipment business. But now with like three iPhones. in New Jersey. It was, I mean, it was disgusting. Ooh, it sounds rapey. Well, sounds you went with me once. Oh, that's right. I mean, in it your, was like in, in the basement. Van. I didn't have a van. No, what did you have? Uh, I think Ooh. I had a um, Ford Taurus. Hmm. I hardly remember that. I mean, but the, or an the, Oldsmobile. The thing is, we 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 could have done a lot with uh, yeah. with with this stuff uh, now. Anyway, I don't know whether MTV ever saw my audition. That's the important thing. And you know what the weird thing is? Somebody out there must know. Howard Stern. They were saying it's been how many years when Gary auditioned for MTV? That's how it started. Remember? Um, so it's weird that he talked about it after I talked about it, and it's like an anniversary you for think Gary they're listening? Like, doing it. Uh, sometimes I think that, but I think we're just on the same path because i listen to him and right uh you know that's why i like him because he always is i don't know you know we're relevant just talking and, about yeah. the same thing yeah. uh you know when i was on the wrap-up show uh I guess maybe it's a year ago now uh i mentioned boy lee oh uh, we were talking right about, um, you know boy gary mm-hmm. before boy gary there was boy lee been we've been listening since 1982 yeah. alan and i oh god and yeah. i don't know whether i mentioned this before but I, i've been waiting to mention this i i wanted to mention it on the wrap-up show Alan and I were movie, college movie reviewers on the That's Howard right. Stern show in 1983 or four, and it was the best thing that ever yeah. happened to us in our lives. I'm talking about, like, I might have been on Crashing, but this was better. Everyone was talking about us. It was very exciting. Everyone listened to Stern. And we were good. At my uh, barber shop, my uh, hair, you know, John Bon Jovi's, uh, the, the, you know, beauty salon, where I'd go, they would talk about us. They, everybody heard us. 
it was amazing. It was a dream come true. And they invited us back to do it again. Yeah, and then I think I blew it. We, we I started doing imitations because I thought we I was got a little funny. too fancy for them. Yeah, they liked it a little. So uh, I, I blame more myself. Raw. I blame myself. No, I I blame you too. You, you should. Just kidding. I'm no, no, I'm it was horrible. Then I'm like, no, oh, Howard, right. so, this is what he hates the most. Like, Howard, somebody wants to talk to you. Who is it? I'm like, hey, Howard, how are you? Oh, hey, it's no, me, Rodney. Yeah. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I wasn't even going to tell anybody that because it's like. But the first one, you know what? The first one, we we were we weren't really prepared. We knew we were going to talk about a couple of movies, and we I think we were so nervous. That it worked. It worked really well. Yeah, there these ki- there's these and then kids. he would talk about us yeah. sometimes. We'd be driving in the car. He's like, well, we should call Jessica and Klein. Maybe uh, they're like, oh, no. And then Gary would be like, they need an hour to get together. Because we had to get, remember? Oh, that's Because right. we, we had to go to a mutual location to pick up the other extension that's right. so we could be on the same it phone. It is so crazy. I forgot about that, that. They do would, for a an three-way call. Week, for an entire week, they talked about. It. Yeah, it was amazing. It was what the about, best. What Jessica and Klein we do were with this, you know? total stars for one week in college, and then did when we, we went the, to do school, we have a tape of this. Is that you know who has exist? the? You know the only person who has the tape. Who do you know the answer to this? No, I really the don't. The only person that has the tape, you don't know. I swear to you. Guess around that time, Claudia. No, better. Somebody I, I, you introduced me to. Many years ago. Not Scotty. No, better. God, I, I, I don't know. Give me another hint. Well, think about that time period. Who I, did we I, hang I can't out remember with? what I had for breakfast. Let yeah, alone... but it was like one of the greatest days of my life. Robert? Who? No. Yeah, but not Robert. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica. Oh, God. She, you mean she had a tape? Well, I'm saying that. she had the tape. Oh, she man. was the only We're one we knew that she has a tape. She clearly doesn't have it anymore. You don't know that. They just moved. Maybe they collected it. They just moved I, down I'm to the so village. I'm so sure they, they have She found a cassette tape. I'm pretty on sure it she labeled it. and Klein. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Stern. She's like, we got to keep this. Well, if anybody's listening to this podcast, I can if ask Sarah, her. Yeah, Sarah, if you're SJP, <laughs> if you're listening, because we were allowed to call her that back then, uh, you know. <laughs> when I first were you in the car when I first met her? No. Oh Lord. No, that was I so met, embarrassing. I talk, I mean That's the, the most embarrassing when I tell moment people, of my, Oh, well, what happened? Because she uh, I, I didn't tell you this? No. I'm I know, I'm sure I told you so uh, she had uh, just done what movie had she done with Footloose. Kevin? Okay, so so she just done Footloose. I had no I had just seen it. I was with my with Rob Schreiber, my friend. Do you remember him? A uh, good looking guy, Rob. Anyway, no. Colin was driving my car, of course, and, and uh, we went to pick up, uh, and I, I, I think Rob was in the back seat, somebody else from Ithaca. Um, you weren't there, unfortunately. No, no, okay, no, it was, it was Robert Schreiber, and, 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 and I guess we were going to pick up uh, Rob. Robert and Downey. Robert Downey. Why didn't you say that? We were going to pick we don't up. Know what we're, talk, we're talking? Sorry, about. we're going to pick up Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. No, oh, Junior. Junior. Yeah, oh, terrific. Up. He knew that. <laughs> anyway, at, 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 he was staying at this guy Tim Robert Murphy's Downey house, Senior who unfortunately better. passed away. Anyway, and we were going to meet his new girlfriend, who had played. Oh, so you didn't Annie. know who so it was? I, I know, I knew, but oh. I didn't. Anyway, she gets in the back seat. I'm in the front seat. Colin's driving. I'm, a, I'm in the passenger seat in the front seat, and uh, we start talking about i guess rob schreiber kind of knew and we I'm started talking say, about having seen did you go so what do you do no no so we're talking <laughs> about footloose and she's like you know i i was in that and you're like and i kind yeah, of right. i'm kind of i'm kind of half looking at her i see i could see rob she's in the middle of the back seat and i was like oh did you have a speaking role oh my god that, <laughs> she but she was so classy she's so nice she yeah. was so classy she goes um actually yes i was like oh yeah, yeah i because i played opposite 
Kevin Bacon. I was like, and then I turned fully turned around oh, to look your at stage her. Stage name is Lori Singer. <laughs> no, I turned I, around and looked at her. I'm I was like, Chris Penn's oh, girlfriend. Oh, nobody oh, knows who that is. No, but I, I was, think it would be better if you just keep because this is what I would do. Like, yeah. oh, were you in it? I was so yes, embarrassed. Oh, you in a speaking part? Yes. <laughs> oh, you were, you look different. And you were Kevin well, Brennan, you know, Bacon's girlfriend. And then you'd just be like, um. Yeah, but that's the best if you just keep going. So what do you do? I, I wish I could oh have. Oh, my God. You so, have to see this movie. I was so loose. floored by it's that. It's amazing. I, it's about this guy. He comes <laughs> into this town. No, let me just... I know what it is. No, no, no. <laughs> you, If you haven't seen it, this, this movie... Is unbelievable. It's about a guy. Dave, they, they, I, play, not I played dancing. opposite not Dave, Kevin. Ba- you know, she would sweetie, keep saying that. Sweetie, this is, <laughs> you'll never. This you're is never going to make it if you don't, keep doing that. You're never going to make it. Don't be interrupting people when they're. You know, don't be like that. You don't have to be a needy actress. Anyway, <laughs> if you tell me somebody who looks like you is in a major motion picture, oh <laughs> sweetie, you look like a big Hebrew. There's <laughs> no way that somebody like you is in a major motion picture. She was very. Cl- she was anyway, very classy. What I was saying was, in this movie. Uh, it's a town where you cannot dance it's been banned she goes I know and I'm like you know that there's towns like that or I I would not end on her I I would refuse to because when I I never saw the movie when we saw her I knew her from Square Pegs Right. From the TV and, show. And, and she was on Broadway. As, as well, that I did yeah. not know. I only knew her from Square Pegs. Right. And you mentioned on... that a million times when you met her. I, because I, mean, I you, asked her you about the entire cast. I'm like, yeah. how about that black girl? What's her story? She goes, she's a bad actress. I knew it. I knew it. But but you got her to laugh constantly, which is why I know. Robert it was Downey amazing. was, I was not always happy day. with you. Yeah, he was a dick about it. He no, was well, not... don't scare. He wasn't a dick. He was he just was. a little. Remember he pretended he had a stomach ache? I, I don't know. You know damn well what happened. He doesn't listen to pocket. Nobody cares. I might listen. Who You never know who listen. listens. Anyway. Anyway, well, I've talked before. I mean, then it's but, but weird he was, how he, he our was trajectory a happened after that. Then his sister became my manager. What a goddamn oh, nightmare that Allison. was. Oh, boy. Wow, that was uh, Allison. Yeah, you had to be careful when Allison was around. Oh, boy. Yeah. Damn, I knew what I Allison the would do. worst luck with managers, including my now. I'm ah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. She'll kill me. He's she wants me to go to L.A. soon because we want to work out this thing. And um, I don't know what I can. I don't know if I can go. You know? Can you ask her to ask uh, Sarah for that tape? Because I seriously want to hear that. She's one of those people that would call Sarah's uh, like, yeah, there's this guy, Dave Juskay. I don't know. You probably know him from his podcast. She's like, I have no idea who, who that, that is. is. I'm right. like, well, how can that be? You spent a whole day together at the pool. How did you get her to come to your house? Yeah, my mother keeps talking. Well, a, few you, times, you a few got, times. A few times. She was there were, a few times? I was yeah. only there once. Now you've you been get, at my mother's house. No, no, no. I'm saying, how did you get Sarah Jessica Parker and Robert Denny Jr. to come over your house in Long Island to your pool? They, I don't know. They came out came a lot. I, oh. You know, I mean, because, I don't know, we were in the car. We'd be like, oh, it's hot out. Let's go for a swim. But how, who got in touch with who? Well, Colin and Robert were best friends. Oh, okay. Remember, and I met. It was um, weird because Colin wasn't there. Well, that our friend night. Juliet, who right, no, because they about. know each other from Woodstock. Well, that's yeah. Robert Downey introduced me originally to Juliet. That's how you know oh, her. Is that too. right? Yeah, that's, oh, I that's didn't right. Know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't spoken to Robert. Whatever in happened a to him? Years. I mean, nothing. I mean, that who? guy didn't go anywhere. Robert Downey. I, no, I know. He just sort of, you know. Fluttered out as yeah, he was in a couple movies as a kid. Yeah, I, and I, I, then uh, isn't it fucking unbelievable that yeah. it's it's I, it is pretty unbelievable. And and, to, and good for and, him. And good he, for him. Fuck that. Not good for him. I mean, he's such an asshole. It's like unbelievable. He is. A, he's a he's a great guy. He, he is fun to watch on goddamn movies. He is fun. He's a talent. He's a 
Huge he really talent. is a he really actually is a huge talent. He looks amazing. We're we're the same age. Yeah. He looks amazing. You look good. Well, thank you. Uh, by I the way, I saw it. that beach picture you put in with you and Lee and Governor Christie. Uh, yes. That's hilarious. Thank you. Putting yourself into the picture is brilliant and was never done before. And that was so funny. Well, thanks. I was thinking of actually making it public on, on Facebook. Oh, I so thought you did. No, no. I had it. Well, at why first I you? did. You look good in it. You think? Is that why the reason you No, no, no. I, I, I did it. Yeah, I, you guys look great. I, I, I don't know. I just I, I thought it was just a friend's thing. So some things I make public, some things I, I'll make that thing oh, thing public. Look, public so up so here I see, know that's kind that's of why amazing. It's like she comes. She's coming over to visit. Oh, How am I gonna? Nice. What's wrong? This is what she does all the time. And then she starts chewing on the headphone wires. Yeah, that's not a good idea. If she's up here and everything, how? What? What am I? Supposed to, then they're like, yeah, you got to put her Ooh, down. And let me. Take I'm like, she's fine. Oh, sorry. That was. Uh, I'm just. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm so glad I got you that bag of goddamn popcorn. <laughs> I'm not eating it though. No. So, uh, so just just to say, no. I, I you know, honestly, uh, I have I have great memories of of uh, of of those times when we would get together. You would crack up uh, Robert and other uh, other of our friends. Robert and, never found me funny because I, I was over his house a couple times. Once his sister became my manager, we used to hang out a little bit. He never found me funny. Well, because his it, sense of humor was not my cup of tea either. I never cared for him at all. I mean, I I I, I just didn't get him either. We have two very different. First of all, well, I laugh. Well, he I, thought, I have a wider. He thought he was really funny. Right. He right. really thought he was funny. Obviously, I thought I was funny too, but he wasn't funny. But people in show business, they're like, "Oh my god, he's so funny!" You but know, he was a completely different. He was like, a, it, "Yeah, we're both douchebag funny, but he's a completely different kind of funny." He's, he's a, like cute, a Hollywood. He's, he's cute, funny, whereas you're, um, you're really ugly, funny. No, I don't mean it that <laughs> way. I mean, you know, he's he tries to he tries to endear you with his with his. Uh, st- you know, when we we got pulled over by the cops once. Uh, we were coming off the West Side ho- Highway. Of course, Colin was driving my uh, my, my my car. Yeah, he's addicted to people. And he's not he was like sitting nice in the person. back seat with his Casio organ and and. Um, and and the you know Colin, who's from LA, is gets really uptight when cops pull you over. It's not like in New York where it's like okay, the cop pulls you as over, as long as you're and, white, you know, yeah. right? And well, whatever. And um and but that's true, yeah. I know it is. And um and he you know you know everybody be quiet. You know don't don't do anything. There's a cop coming. You know don't. And the cop walks over to the car. You know car. Colin had just gone through a red light coming off the West Side Highway at like 72nd Street or something like that. Uh, and, and 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 uh, and. And Robert's in the back seat with a Casio organ playing "Every Breath You Take" and wouldn't mm. stop. That's hilarious. With the though, cop actually, that, like standing there, you know, try, looking in the back seat, trying to find the flashlight with Robert funny. just playing. It, it was it was really funny, but of course, and it he drove is a good everybody a good crazy. musician. He was actually probably doing it the right way. Uh, no, it sounded great, except that it was on a Casio organ. But, but it sounded but fantastic. You know what? Um, and obviously, he has a problem with authority. But <laughs> well, I, um, yeah. she's biting on the corner. Oh, is she? No, I don't think so. I think she's looking at. Oh no, she's she's. Oh yeah, she is now. Now she is. I don't yeah. know. Now I feel like I should let her bite on the cord, but then I can't hear anything. No, no, like no. Should, you, ooh, and there goes your phone. God, I hate her. <laughs> you know what? I am gonna kill you. <laughs> oh my god, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> she's very upset <laughs> now. She's looking at me like I did something wrong. I well, swear it wasn't me. She doesn't like gays. What? Yeah, she's a oh, very racist cat. That's so she really, she's black. She, I know. That's what's so strange about it. Huh? Yeah. Strange. Yeah, she doesn't. She hates gay marriage. Really? She was totally against it. Well, I think you poisoned her mind. <gasps> I did. How you don't, dare you? You don't like it. I do not you like it. You hate when I talk about my husband. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I love your husband, but I hate when you talk about him as your husband. 
Well, I, I, anyway, I, that story about Robert you, Downey oh, is yeah. amazing. I'm sorry. That's, uh, oh, the, that's the so Casio organ thing? Story. I mean, everybody, you know, I've talked about it with Juli- Juliana. But look at us. Yeah. Look at us. Our lives, it wasn't supposed to end like this. <laughs> this. This is not fair. Look who we were hanging out with. I, what the fuck happened? It was How, fun. Where, where, where was did fun. we go wrong? Uh, well, you know, is this a serious question? Kind of. Uh, well, I, you know, I think, of, of course, you know, everybody thinks about that in their life. You know, you make, you know, should I have gone this way or it that way? It was you, me. Um, we had a lot of fun uh, back then. Uh, 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 oh, fuck, I can't. Oh, damn it, I missed the joke. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Rabone Estevez. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Remember we were hanging out with. I, I don't remember hanging. I only remember hanging out with his brother, Ramon. Oh, okay. And remember, well, Ramon I think I told you to when I went to Charlie's yeah. house recently with Jeff Ross. Oh, that's right. I remember uh, you said, I said that, yeah. oh, I hung out with your brother. I went to dinner with him. He's like, oh, when? And I'm like, uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> and then Jeff Ross was like, great, uh, great opening. Uh, <laughs> are you proud of yourself? <laughs> and I'm like, shit. And I'm like, so excited to tell him. I was like, <laughs> well, you know, some of these, uh, I mean, it, the, the thing about the, the Robert Downey Jr. story with the Casio organ is it's, it, it's a little funnier because it's Robert, because people can picture him. But it's actually kind of a funny story. It is funny. It's if very anyone brave. had he done did, that, it would have been funny. authority yeah. in, a, in a very funny way yeah. where the cops were probably like, this guy's crazy. Well, yeah, they just, of course, and they just I let given us them go. A, really? Because yeah. I would have given him a ticket just because Robert Downey looks like such a dick. Well, no, like, I would have been so angry. back then. But I guess, no, he wasn't. He was a dick. Oh, you're, you know, you guys were just so competitive. No, we weren't. <laughs> yes, you were. Of course you were. Very ridiculous. Uh, all right. Let's, um, th- those are great stories and we probably have more. And we, I'd oh, like there's to talk so about many more. A ton more. But um, there's a couple more things I'd like to talk about. Number one, my birthday show is coming up Tuesday. Oh, yes. Um, Exciting. So it's going pretty good. I think everybody's excited for the legendary WID. Um, let me just see my stuff here. Uh, nope, that's it. Wow, uh, the just, a, just a one thing. Uh, well, what happened was nothing they else to took plug. away my party well, at, uh, uh, at the end yeah. of the night. I can't have the dance party I was going to uh. have after because now Elon Gold is doing his show. Really? Yeah, it's it pissing me off. Um, but I don't know. What are you going to do? So, but well, it we're going to go fun. upstairs and continue the party yeah. up there, right? Everything, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Everything should be uh, fun. So obviously I'll let you know how that goes uh, next week. Um, also, I... Uh, I have been finishing Grease. Uh, I have the script right here, but it's like 90 pages. I've got to cut it down because it's got eight songs. Wow. Uh, I just cast Judy Gold as Rizzo. Oh, man. That's I was going to use Mateo, but Judy Gold will be 10 times funnier as Rizzo. I mean, it's like it's funny to have Mateo yeah. as uh, Rizzo, but Judy Gold just. Judy Gold is, sings, is, is fantastic. She'll be great. Um, so I'm going to use Mateo something else. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to play Danny. There's no other way out. And. Um, <laughs> Well, this is exciting. Uh, this is asked, great stuff. I just put out to Bobby Moynihan to play, uh, just because. Hey, know, but be can I can I bring up the Teen Angel? And and we're gonna and get. If he doesn't do it, then maybe I'll ask uh, Richard Klein to do it. And how about all the folks that are listening? Don't shouldn't Dave have the mailing list, huh? Shouldn't he? Who am I mailing? All these people that are listening. What's wrong with just putting it on Twitter? I could do that. I'm gonna well, help him. I'm gonna help you with that. Just I'm just telling the people well, that I will do that. 
for you? Uh, the Comedy Cellar has a mailing list and stuff, and I, I don't think it matters anymore to have a mailing list. Isn't that old-fashioned? No, Even though you know about really. media and stuff, but I'm just saying, isn't that, w with Twitter and Facebook, do you really need a mailing yeah, list anymore? Yeah, because, you, you know, you miss, even with... Uh, if you miss people that aren't on Facebook, don't you not want them to come anyway? Because why aren't no, they on because, Facebook? No, because it's not that. It's the algorithms. It's, uh, you know, everything... God, I hate those algorithms. Yeah, so no, it's true. I, I don't, you know, a lot of people, and this is the problem, a lot of people don't get to see everything you post on Facebook. What? Or, how yeah. can that be? Well, because the algorithms. The algorithms, of yeah. course. Um, by the way, talking about old times, uh, Sunday I did that show with uh, our friends Gary Rosen and Steve Perrine. Oh, you did? Better Man. Tell us. Uh, how, I want to hear about that. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with black people. Uh, yes. The, football the, uh, player, uh, this guy, Brian Jones. Great guy. Uh, but it's really funny. They took a they took a picture of me with me and all the black guys, and they sent it to this girl at work who thinks that I hate black people. So uh, I'm like, no, look, look, I'm hanging no. out with them. Meanwhile, I go to this shoot right on right. Sunday at a barber shop. It's all black. And what the gag is that I'm, it's a black barber shop. Right. And he, the the host of the show, Brian Jones, an ex football player, is getting, and also a um a sports radio a host, really nice guy. Um, He's getting advice from a black barber, you know, the typical black barber advice you get for about, you know, finance and uh, longevity and life, you know, whatever. And the gag was that I was supposed to be sweeping up, which I thought was hilarious. That so I funny. said, I'll do it. Anything with Gary Rosen, I usually turn down. But with Steve Perrine, because he's helped me so much in the past, I was like, of course, I'll do it. So, and you know, I had a feeling it's I was going to paid or anything. Gag. Yeah, I thought it was a funny gag. Yeah. So um, anyway, we didn't end up doing that. Like they didn't have me sweep up because there were there was a black audio guy and a black uh, guy working the camera right. and the two black actors and another guy who I'm actually using for my birthday. The black people were on complete point and were completely professional. Right. The white people, which oh. include Gary, uh, a, another girl producer, oh, Perrine. Lord. And this other idiot and another idiot were so unorganized oh, and yeah. so unprofessional and all yelling stuff out to the actors at the same time. Like, I'm like, how can you be 50 and not know how this is done yet? How did you get wow. a TV show that's going to be on the air? And, and how can I not get one when I know exactly not to do that? And then Gary comes, and they're all yelling at everybody. It's, it's, it was unbelievable, the unorganization. It was very surprising. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I One had person very... has to be in charge. I sit the yeah. point, I go, who's in charge? He goes, I am. I'm like, and I didn't say anything, but I'm just like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, take charge. Right. Take charge. Don't right. let every, tell everybody else to shut up, unless there's a director. I don't know who the fuck the director was. It wasn't clear. And this girl who was like, she was an idiot, sexy, but <laughs> an idiot. And she like, first of all, they didn't organize any kind of transportation. They didn't even ask me how I was getting there. I don't think I'm getting paid for it. They didn't provide any lunch. Um, it was very disorganized for people working for well, mostly I mean, free. Well, I mean, this is the first episode, though, or, or the first season, and they're... Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, um, yeah. You know, oh, hopefully Gary, they'll, hopefully Gary they'll, supposedly they'll, does this for right. a living, right? So, no, no, he, he's, a, he's an I met his new girlfriend. What is that? I, I don't know. Oh I haven't talked to Gary in a while. Like, I need to know, give him gray, a call. curly hair. Hi, they both look like each other. It's really weird. That's but strange. The whole thing was weird. But maybe they'll get it together. It was so funny that the black guys, and sometimes I do you know, make fun, um, they were just so professional and so awesome and really kept things moving. Well, I, I, you know, that makes you sense to me. You don't see a lot of 
the productions I've been in, I don't do. I've never been in barbershop or you know. Well, uh, uh, I mean, the there, there are. That's movie. why there are dialogues, discussions but in I'm Hollywood about ra- about the fact that that you know that black crew members are not hired. Right. So I mean, I've that, never that's been, been a problem. to a set where and I've done a couple of shows, you know. Uh, and I've never been to a set where there's any black people. It's, it's a pity, but in, uh, it's still whether it's, it's, it's a cameraman major issue. or even sure. lighting or anything. Sure. And so it was kind of great to see these guys being awesome and just keeping the it moving and not being dicks and being very professional. Where all these other idiots who, for right. some reason, have done a hundred of these things, couldn't get it together. Yeah. No. Uh, but, it, but but you've pointed to a, a, a real problem. And I don't mean your sticky. No, racism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the fact that there is race, real racism in Hollywood, obviously. Well, uh, yeah, everywhere. Uh, you know, they had to put in a special thing in the NFL to make sure that they hired black coaches. Now there's not an issue. I, I think I've told you this before when it comes to black quarterbacks. Now uh, it doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, an issue at this point. But, you know, when I in the 70s, when I used to ask my dad, why were there no black quarterbacks? And he goes, well, because, you know, the quarterback position, you have to be very intelligent. Oh, Lord. (laughs) And he said that with all... No, he wasn't wasn't being... He wasn't wasn't even trying to be racist. It was just like that that was... That was what everybody thought. No, it's That's a very terrifying. you have to like run the t- you run the game. You know, it's a very intellectual. You have to you have to know what's going. I have to wow. know the game. Wow. He wasn't even trying to be racist. He never ever used the n word or anything. But this was the well, standard. The, 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 the racism if, was so built. And was I talk so about this all yeah. the time. Right, right. It's built in. Right. right yeah. uh, just like when we went to college, our family. How kids do not understand. I'm trying not to be racist. Right. But tell me if I'm crazy. The worst thing that could happen was for you to get a black roommate. Like your parents, your family, your uncles, they'd be like, let's hope you don't get a Schwarzer for a roommate. No? Or am I, I, I didn't, was it just yours? I didn't, uh, I, I didn't get that uh, from, from my folks, thank, thankfully. Uh, but I, I would imagine there was an assumption made particularly at, at the place think we I'm went being racist. That, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even think that that, I don't was know if a you th- that even occurred to them, which is even, racist in and of itself. Well, it occurred to everybody in my neighborhood huh. and all my family, and we'd have barbecues and stuff, and my uncles would come, let's just hope you don't get a schwanzer for me. You know? Wow. It was always like that, and that was the worst fear, that that could huh. happen, getting a black roommate. Wow. So I don't know, I don't know whether I told you this. We, had, we didn't know each other at this time, so we right. got to school. I don't have a black roommate. Uh, but one of the guys on the floor does. And and the guy was two days late. <laughs> like oh, the no. one black guy That's... was two days late. But the guy that got the roommate was the perfect guy to have one because he was 18, mm-hmm. but he looked like he was 40. He was already balding. Wow. His name was Al Claben. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. We used to call him Mel. Remember I renamed oh, everybody yes, on the floor? Yes, of course. And he had the lowest voice I've ever heard. I'm telling you, he was like already a 40-year-old man. Wow. He probably looks great now because he looked that way back then. And <laughs> Unless he, always, he aged more. He would always, remember I'd always tell you he would always count his words. We'd right. be like, hey, we're going to play uh, floor hockey. Do you want to come? He goes, no, I got two words for you. Good luck. No, make that four words. Better you than me. And then Andy, my roommate, Maybe would always he was say autistic. Like, oh, I don't think so. And my Andy, my roommate, would always say like, oh, "I'd love to see this guy who's bar mitzvah." Thirty-seven words. Baruch Atah. <laughs> uh, and it was always pretty funny. Um, anyway, so, but he was the perfect guy to have it because we would be like, "Hey, where's your roommate?" He goes, and he knew he was black at this point. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I, I don't know. Um, the search continues. You know, we're <laughs> wait. He was like so good about it. 
and it, and the guy was very nice when he you know right. came and everything. But it was everybody went to him like this. Oh, did you hear about Al Clayton? No. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, good. Yes. You didn't. Wow. Did you? Where? I'd, what dorm were you in? I was down year? in the the uh, terraces. Or? Yeah, the terraces. The upper so terrace. I did think. Did anyone have a black roommate? I don't remember. Well, that's what I'm I saying. So you didn't remember. experience it. No. And he was so he was on our floor. We were on the I mean, floor. There was I, a black I ended up being floor. the gay roommate, so I had my yeah, own but issues. That was years later. Nobody knew you. No, were gay but, at the I, time. but no, that's not necessarily true. Remember, Jim, my my not freshman year. Yeah, freshman year. Wait, freshman year, everybody knew you were gay. Yes. Well, who? Uh, people, my 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 roommate then I Bruce and, and my next door neighbor I was kind of sleeping with, so what, he knew. Freshman year, Val Val Spinner knew. Well, yeah, I knew she knew. Everybody yeah, well, she wanted Spinner. anyway. So she wanted. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that's where you I really had, blew it. You should have just gotten you know gotten it over with. But well, you were a gold star gay. I was. I was. <laughs> you still are. Thank you. I no. I, I you have I never. Think I your penis has never been inside a vagina. Nor is mine. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, uh, Which is why people think you're gay. Well, I exactly. I I have had this new joke, and you know, I'm show like, um, you know you know show tunes better than well, that's I do. True, that's which true. is amazing. But I have this new joke where I'm like, I don't understand why people are so into anal. I'm in a vagina so rarely. It's still a big thrill for me to be inside the vagina. Well, yeah. I just yeah. don't. I don't get the anal thing. But um, okay, so let's <laughs> your gay thing. But it's funny that yeah, uh, everybody was so like they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, it was like that, you know, wow, and, and, yeah, and, and yeah. nobody was like, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't like well, it being wasn't in o- Alabama. And it being wasn't like, overt. We don't want way. no niggers on this floor. You know, it wasn't like it's that, horrible, but it was no. just like, it was, everybody felt horrible for him. This is the worst thing that could happen to somebody. And he took it so it's well. So, it's so amazing, though. You could I might not... have cried to my mother on the phone only because it was set up so badly. It probably wouldn't even give it a second thought, except they did have some trouble in high school with it, but... Um, but nobody, I nobody might have, I now might have cried could on even the phone. understand. I might have. My parents might have called and be like, "Look, we have to change his his room." And they are not yeah. prejudiced people. They were not prejudiced people. We all have these thoughts, like we said. But they might have called to. It's just different times, and we were yeah. from Jersey. Well, and it was you know that's why me and Artie are friends. <laughs> we just grew up a it's completely just, it's different just, way. It's just unbelievable. Kids can't even imagine that. They can't understand. They can't understand. They just think I'm the most prejudiced person ever. And and the the weird part is we've come so far yet there is so f- we have so far to go. Meanwhile, and even in, even more so given Jeff Sessions, the KKK member that happens to be the Attorney General. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, hey, uh, I don't think he's in the KKK. Uh, anyway, I have this black guy from the shoot who looks just like Sammy Davis Jr., and he's going to open my birthday show with this. With this live. I'm totally excited about it. If you get in trouble, yeah. bring it home to me. Whether I am near you, you or across, across the, the sea. Did you know there were lyrics? Wow, I did not. This is terrific. This is this kid's going to open the show. Wow. He wears a yarmulke, too. That's why I thought of it. He's got the apple. He's black. He wears the yarmulke. He's a a black Jew. Wow. And I'm like, would you be interested? He's like, yeah, I'd love to. He's like so excited to perform in the Comedy Cellar. I'm so excited to see this. I know. It'll be great. I mean, I I knew. Hopefully, it'll be great. I don't know the guy. Hopefully, he'll deliver and he won't be weird. Have you heard him? Can he sing like this? I have no idea. Wait, what do you, you, you hired him? You don't even know if he can sing? I'm letting him do it. I don't know. Well, I have him and I have Sherrod Small on the show. I got two black people on my That's show. Great. This is very for progressive you. for me. Very progressive. Well, I'm very happy for you. For us. Now, for Sammy all of Davis us. is the greatest person of all time. 
And um, I, I'll get to this in a second. I went to go see Joan Jett on Thursday. Wow. Um, and I know the lead guitarist. His name is uh, Doug Needles. And so we went to Camden, me and my friend uh, Lori from this bar that I hang out with. And, you know, I love the fact that um, I just know pe- the bartenders and then we become friends because it reminds me of how I always wanted it. It's kind of funny. The reason things never worked out for me because what I really wanted was to just be like cheers and like right. hang out with the bartender and become friends with You're them. You're in a like terminal Vincent state of cheers. And stuff like that. It's yeah. true. So like that I've been able to achieve. So, you know, we went out to see the show. And she was she was great. But we got to meet her. I, I took a picture with her. We we went wow. backstage. We saw the uh, sound check and everything. Oh, that's it amazing. was very very exciting. And um and he and watching you know my friend Lee guitar perform like I, I was there. I had never seen him. I was like, you really do play the guitar. It was very exciting, <laughs> you know. And um, but there were a couple things that were questionable. Again, you know, I've been seeing a lot of concerts lately, and the set list again is you know. Joan Jett does not have a lot of songs I care to really listen to. Uh, you know, at this point, can anyone ever listen to I Love Rock and Roll again? You know, it's like, it's just, it's too much. It's, that's, that is one song that might be a little overplayed. It's but... overplayed, but, and while she was playing it, this was all I could think of. Let's jog, baby. That's all I could think about when she was saying, I said, put some coin in the juice. <laughs> That's the only thing Joe Piscopo ever did that was funny. The only thing. And that was... That's great. And it's, that's that's great. all I could think about when she was playing. Put some coins. I wish he said <laughs> coins. That would have been funnier. He said <sighs> coin. I, I kept thinking he was saying coins. Put some coins in the jukebox. I love it. Um, that, yeah, that's really true. He's never been funny so ever her, except for but that. But her set list, mm-hmm. I, I wrote it down. Um because I wanted to, uh, you know, again, this is what we've talked about with Tom Petty and Hall and Oates. Um, oh, you talked about Hall and Oates on this podcast? Yeah, when you. Oh Lord! Left. Oh no, no. Let's you not know, talk let about me that tell part. you something, Alan. Oh, no, not now. Not now. Seriously. Maybe we should get rid of gay marriage because you know, gay couples used to be fun loving, and now it is That's so just me. funny. I'm not. I'm not fun. That now that they're married, they have just complete. Regular domestic Spats. fights, like any other married couple. I know it's true, and I feel so bad for Lee. Sometimes he's like, "This is not what I signed up for." No, even no, though no, it's completely no. what he yeah. signed up for because you're just like me. Well, he you, was, he was also so shit. He was also shit faced. Yeah, but, but Alan, I don't know. We didn't talk, but after you guys left, I, and I'm not doing a tells joke. Okay, five minutes after you left, the party van pulled up with strippers and midgets and balloons. Now that's a tells joke. Oh, but I swear to God, after you left, yeah. We had the best time. Where'd you guys go? We went to the bar downstairs at, at the Prudential Center. Right. And the, there was the DJ just... For, the concert was bad. Uh, you agreed it yeah. was not good. No, it was... But it was it just was, a fun uh, time, but it was it not... It ruined my memory of... Yeah, Colin exactly. Oates. And I agree, and I, we all agreed with it was, that. I, I really so going bad, downstairs, yeah. the DJ was just playing a whole and old stuff, and then the whole bar was singing and having a great time. 
that was the best time when wow. we were just drinking. Everybody was dancing with one another. It, and people were of all ages. There were people our age. There were people a little younger, people some younger. It was the best time. And I was so upset because you, well, Lee at least would have had such a good time. Yeah, I well, Lee, Lee, Lee was pretty. I mean, Lee actually he really so, wanted to sobered stay. up. Now, well, now he, again, I have to apologize for the beginning of that night because I set it not. off on a bad path. Because nah, you invited people fine. that I wasn't interested in. And I think if you had just put it a different way that you had said, do you mind? Oh, of course, of course. Oh, yeah. you understand? Yes, I still I do. feel I was out of line the way I handled it. I well, guess I had been drinking a little. Let's agree to forgive forgive each other for that. Okay. Hor- it wasn't a but horrible evening. But I'm sorry evening, that you had but you know to what go. Was, what was the bummer of it, the real bummer for Why me. Why did you come that far at all if you had to go do something the next we, day? Uh, it, because it sounds, okay, Holland Oats. It sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's what we thought too. You know, and and, and but we and, were just all about then, being together in the in the the booth. Yeah, you know? yeah, yes, but but Holland Oats was so unbelievably. Horrible. I mean, it was distracting. Horrible. You know, yeah. it was no. I they were horrible. It they was, were horrible. It it, it like ruined. It. I I on this podcast um, several weeks ago, I went through their set list, said here's what they should have done. Uh, it was just bad. There were just people sitting down. It would have been better to have a cover band. It really now, with Joan Jett, yeah. what I'm saying is that she doesn't have a lot to play. Most of her stuff is covers. Huh. So she's a victim of circumstance, she opens with, and Cherry Bomb, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, all I was thinking was like, I can't believe, I wonder if she's sitting up there going, you know, I wrote this when I was like 15. I never thought I'd have to play it when I was 60. Right. But right. I get a lot of musicians probably do that. How old is she? She's, 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 she's about 60. She looks okay. horrible. Oh, like I said, she looks Let's good, but she's hunched over and tiny. So I don't know what her story is. Then she's like, do you want to touch me? Bad reputation. You drive me wild. This is all fine because, you know, right. she doesn't have a lot of great songs that I care about. Then she plays Light of Day, which Bruce Springsteen wrote. That's a shitty song. Um, I, you so know, funny, I I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Are you, you going to play it? Because I, I am going to play okay, it. Okay, good. But here's what I want to say before I play it. No, I'll play it first. This is from the movie. Did you know about the movie Light of Day? Springsteen wrote it for the movie. It's not a great song. No. Not when a sixty-year-old's trying to belt this out. Well, that's all right. She sounds fine. She does. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah, like a B-side. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, she, so you know, when it was playing, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. they're showing clips of the film. The film stars Michael J. Fox oh, wow. and her. Um, I saw it in the movie theater because I, like everyone, worshipped Michael J. Fox right. at that time. And Michael J. Fox could do no wrong except for being in this film. <laughs> uh, now, he's horrible in the movie. They were showing the clips. It's just so funny because he just... It, you're just seeing it, and you're like, he doesn't belong in this film. Right. It's like a rock movie with Joan Jett is the coolest person looking ever, and then it's him, and he just looks stupid. Uh-oh. He just looks poor, stupid. Poor Michael J. Fox. I love Michael J. Fox. I know, you and do. I will you do. not disrespect Michael right, J. Fox, right, but course. he does not belong in this film. As a matter of fact, he wrote a song for this film, oh, no. and uh, it's the worst song I've ever heard in my life. I think you'll all agree. 
You got no place to go. Worst song ever. Yo. You say you've been kicked around. Well, I feel just This is like the, the other side of Season to the Sun by Terry Jackson. I, no put the, don't, put the bone in, she said. Does anybody no remember this? I mean, no, nobody remembers That's this. That's amazing. No How'd you dig this up? This is what I do. So why don't you stay with me? Let me tell you how bad that's amazing. That's amazingly how, bad. Let me tell you how bad it is. Can, can I just say one? Hold on a second. Okay. Yep. This is what it sounds like. Oh God. My, uh, they know what oh, know. That's Hervé Villachez singing the exact no! same song. I, oh, that's so brilliant! It's so brilliantly bad. That's him. I That's know, him singing. I know. I, I, That's amazing. At least he's giving it his all. I still like the Hervey Village as well. Like, when the <laughs> children play, why can't we all get along, Monsieur? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Anyway, I don't want to diss Michael J. Fox, but when that movie was going right. up there, I was thinking to myself, isn't Joan Jett a completely fascinating individual? Do you realize that as much as you love her or don't love her, and she's not, she's an icon, but a strange icon. She's still not a headlining act. She was opening for Boston, and she's right. always been opening. And maybe in the 80s, she might have been a headline, but still never here a headlining in, Here act. in New York, I think she was. Yeah, maybe yeah. in New York, maybe in California, but, um, you know, it's very strange. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. this young lady has had um, a movie that she was in uh, even though she auditioned for the part, it's very much, it's, it looks like it could be based loosely on something on her personal life. Right. So she's been in a movie playing a, a tiny bit of herself. Mm -hmm. And then she's had a movie made about her with someone else playing her in Kristen Stewart from The Runaways. Oh, wow, right. Now, even Prince hasn't had that done yet. Now, Prince has been in a movie where he plays a version of himself right. in Purple Rain. Right. But he will, but not yet has he had... There definitely somebody's going to play him, him in a movie right. and they'll do the whole thing. Uh, but he hasn't even had it done yet. And yet Joan Jett's had the full treatment. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking good of. Good for her. Good so for her. interesting. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of other people that have had that, and I can't think of... One that had both. No, I, I uh, the biography and playing a, a I'm different sure somebody character. Knows, if anyone would know, it would be you. Yeah, well, uh, I can't. I can't. Think is she deserving? I mean, was, was she nice? Did you get to meet her? Oh yes, very sweet, very nice. Um, I mean, that, that helps, I think. I mean, oh, people absolutely. people want to do things for oh, it's so and about obvious. nice people. So anyway, she she and so she ends. You know, she plays a uh, uh, light of day. Love is pain. Love is all. Oh well, that love is all around. Mm -hmm. Which she probably should have ended with. She ended with um, this song. Where, where, where is it? Uh, do I have it? Oh, maybe I didn't. Well, you sing it. It's horrible. I don't even want to play it. I don't know why I thought <laughs> I put it. it. She ended with Everyday People. Do you know that song? I, I, um, 
it's the seventies song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Wasn't that like a Sly and the Family yes, Stone? Yes, that's exactly song? Okay, what it was. Right, I okay. thought I, I thought I downloaded. I guess that's not a bad song when Sly sang it. No, it's a bad song. <laughs> it's a really bad song. I, I might have I it on my uh, phone here, but no, uh, it's all right. Uh, it, it's a shitty song to end with. Right. It's yes. a shitty song to end with. Yeah. Whereas you want to end with I something her, spectacular. Uh, well, first of all, all she she does covers. Covers. You drive me wild. Is a, well, that's Runaways, but it's a cover. Mm-hmm. Light of Day, Springsteen. Love is all around is a cover. I love rock and roll is a cover. Crimson and Clover is a cover. These are all covers. That's, that's funny. So that's if right. you're doing covers, why not end with this? Why not end with something like that? You're already doing covers. That would have been Why perfect. not end with, with that the everyday people stinks? I can't think of how it goes now, but it's not. We were all sitting there watching yeah. it, and I go to my friends, and I'm like, it's kind of a bummer uh, way to end the show. This yeah, sucks. Absolutely. absolutely. You no end question. with this, even though it's not her song. Nobody's going to angry at her for doing this. She does right. all covers. She's open for Cheap Trick. I guarantee she's friends with those guys. Yeah. Why not end with this? It's a fucking rock and a half song. And I can, I can, hear, her, I can hear her like doing this. it. I can hear her doing it. Yeah, she, she rocks. I mean, yeah. she was great, and she rocks. And why not end with this? And if you're going to end, I mean, this is my whole thing. The mm-hmm. spectacle of of opening and, and closing a show is what, for me, it's all about. Right. Uh, being a showman. And I think sometimes they forget. Um, and she does this amazing version of the Mary Tyler Moore theme. Oh, get out of here. Really? Yeah, it's a great. She should have ended with this. Oh, I have heard that. This is great. Yes. Yes, I remember this. Excellent. That's fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. Just as good like this live. Yep. She's going to close with this one too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, she keeps it going. But you know what it is? What? She's giving it her all. I mean, she's really putting something out there. Whereas. Hall and Oates didn't even no. try. They didn't even fun. try. I really felt that she was into it. Plus, uh, that she's the great. The band was hot. And the crowd was loving it. She's great. Um, she's wonderful. I mean, she's great. Well, why not end with this? Meanwhile, I just found out that um, I don't know what his deal is, but um, this happened too. I don't know why he just does theme songs. <laughs> Who can turn the world on <laughs> with a smile? With a smile. Uh, 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 uh. Who can take a nothing day <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> make it all seem worthwhile? <laughs> well, it's you, you, and you should, you should know, know it. With each glance and every little movement, oh, it's around for you. you. This is great. That's right. 
Apparently, all he did was show tunes. I mean, it's like I can't believe I'm finding all these. I've never heard of these That's before. So perfect. Sammy Davis was the greatest. Now, think about this. This was his old, that old Black Magic, which you know technically rocks. And this is like a classic. He was just such a showman. That old Black Magic has me yeah. in its spell. That Ooh-ha. old Black Magic that you weave so well. Man, I got those fingers. Up and down my spine, the same. Oh, it's grab when your eyes. You know, I got to see him. I got to see him before once in Las Vegas when I was a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. inside, and then I got to see Bobby. This with my parents. Yeah, with my parents. And yeah. down and Same down here. and down I go. Around and around and around I go. Like a leaf, a leaf that's caught. Now this is timeless. This is the definition of timeless. Uh, now let me get to the end here. So great. Song. So great. Oh, black magic caller. Hoo-ha, stay in the car. Oh, black magic caller. You four men go that way. The rest of you come with me. Under that old black magic Now, this uh, is pretty good. But when he was on I Dream of Genie, he did a rendition of that song that is so much better in a way. They must have said, we don't have a lot of time for the whole song. He's like, well, I'll speed it up. And he came up with a way to make it completely different, and it's just so amazing. Now, in this scene, I have it from the TV show. He's playing two different clubs at the same time. I don't know if you remember the episode. Genie splits him in two, so he can do the show at NASA and play the Copacabana at the same time. So they cut back and forth to do it, but it's amazing. He's so talented. That old black magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that you weave so well. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. Same old tingle that I feel inside. Then that elevator starts its ride. Down and down and down I go. Round and round and cha cha cha. I want to start doing it. That's a chat. Instead of the regular lyrics. I'm a flame. A flame with such a burning desire. That's my favorite part where he goes, I hear your name, Zelda Schwartz. What can I do? I hear your name, Zelda Schwartz. And then Major Healy's laughing like so. Put out that fire. This is amazing. I wait when he gets to the talking part. Wait till he, he picks okay. it up. You four men go that way, I'll take the buckboard and the towel. <laughs> wow. So, 
entertainer. What it's a brilliant entertainer. Unbelievable how cool and smooth and the fact that that's just on a fucking TV how did you show. Find a, how did you find the recording? Of that? Yeah. It was on YouTube. It was oh, yeah. for My Dreamy Genie. Wow. Is- it's great because when they're sitting there, um, Major um, Dr. Bellows and right. Major Healy are just laughing because he's like, I hear your name, Zelda Schwartz. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And they cut to them laughing. And it's really funny. And then the, the best part is the ending. Where uh, he comes to their home. Right. That's always my favorite thing in sitcoms where the uh, big celebrity who was ever in it always comes to the house. Like the odd couple. Yeah. They'd always come to the house. Well, Oscar, I thought maybe we could get this resolved. All, all in the family. Doesn't Sammy Davis? Yes, but I'm yeah. t- you're just mentioning Sammy Davis stuff. Okay. But I'm talking about they would always have the celebrity with right. David Steinberg, whoever it is. They always come to the house at the end and have dinner right. at Felix's place. So... That's why it's funny. Sammy comes to their house in Cocoa Beach and just like, oh, how's it going? Oh, Mr. Davis Jr. So he goes like, yeah, it was great. I was like, thank you so much for doing that the other night. And he goes, that's great. Is there anything we can do for you? That'd be great. He goes, yes, you can do one favor for me. Get rid of this guy. And the second Sammy Davis comes in, that black chick's got me. And that's how they end it. And it's like really funny. I love it. And it's great that Sammy, he also has another song in it, which I didn't uh, tape, um, The Girl from Eponym. And it's such a good version again he does these different versions and when you see it if you ever see it on youtube uh, major nelson's in the room watching and he's like telling the band to like keep an eye on him stuff like he's so he's just so into it i don't know how you whether he came up with it or they came up with it he's he was so special yeah. he was like really cool but um that was i mean I that, no I'm, I'm there are, there are few people that can that can do that anymore um, I don't know. I I, I don't know, w- I know why. That. But uh, uh, well, you know, all the notes couldn't do that. You know, no, they could not. And you know, it's weird too. You know, this is so weird. And you'll know this song. I was going to okay. ask you, but you would have known. But I wanted to have it ready. I had to hum it into a an app. I finally found where I could hum it. It was driving me crazy. Now, after Hall and Oates, right? Um, I. Th- there, it was so weird. I was looking at um, stuff they could play. So I'm just picking it up. Uh, so you I hummed this, into this. You hummed into your well, phone. Not this one yet. Okay. But I, for years, I had been humming the opening to this song. Okay. And I could not, for the life of me, it never occurred to me to go into an app and say, "Is there a humming app?" Yeah. And I, I thought it was an old song from the '70s. It turns out it was just a, a, a Daryl Hall solo song. That, what? Yeah. I wanted him to play this. I want to know how you hummed it. I, it was in my head from the 80s, I guess. I was just... And then I, when I was going through his solo stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this is the song. I was it stuck weird. with me somehow. I love it. It's not right without oats, though. I like it better without oats. I don't need oats. I don't need oats in my life. Oats are very good for you. But it was funny. It, it stuck, you know, I think the thing is, I bought. I was so into Hall and Oates at that time. I bought the solo album. It had Dream Time, and, and I must have listened to that album because that was when I was like listening to whole albums with my headphones. I must have listened to that whole album. Well, you, on you were supposed like a hundred times exactly. I remember visiting Amy Robbins up in Syracuse and listening to that like in the in the grass while we made love. No, I don't know. I remember sitting outside naked and listening to it. I don't know by myself. I don't know where she went. In my head, oh, she ran away. I guess obviously. she ran away. I don't know what happened. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I don't know. So 
today I was humming this song. It was in my head, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get to this song, and this is gay. Okay. But you, And I only say you're going to know because you were very hip to the alternative music scene because when we were in college. D- WLIR, that's why. Oh, right. That made sense. A yeah. lot of people from Long Island, remember Lynn Frankel was like that too. They yeah. all knew about that station. We had the yeah. station that dared that to be made different. made a lot of sense. You knew Nick Kershaw and stuff like yep. that, which I played on this podcast. Um, and it's so funny. I was just humming the thing, and I'm like, I, I know the song, but I don't know it. And I found an app where I could hum it, and it, it showed me. I mean, it's, it's so messed up. I know you know it. Oh, yeah. You know it already? What is it? Uh, I, I, I can't remember the title, but I, of course I, I know the song. That's what I was humming. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I forget the, na- I forget the name, but I just do it. How do you do the one that invented this music? I know. Well, no. I, I used to listen to it all the time. Who sings it? Come on, sissy. Oh, God. I'm embarrassed because I because I used to. This was a screamer of the week on WLIR. Oh my God, Larry the Duck used to play this. <laughs> oh man, you're even doing the lyrics. I know, That's I know so the song, and I can't think of who sang it. Who is it? Well, maybe we get to the. Uh, do you know what it's called? Maybe get to the chorus before they do. This is great. I have no idea why that first part was in this part. It's humming it. And I had to hum it into the thing. I mean, I, I, I have this on I my found the app list. and I was just like, dun, 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 and it came up with it. I That's couldn't believe amazing. it. I'm like, this, these apps are good. So who, who that was? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, come on. No, I'm going to torture you for a second. And the audience. It'll drive me nuts. Um, Go West. Oh, of course. Okay. Yep. Um. Man, that's yeah. great. That it crazy? was a screamer. It was a screamer of the week. Well, I don't know what that was, but I guess it was on... I remember... Look, that was a radio station people in the city. That's one thing that Long Island had over New York. The only time we had something over Manhattan, I talked with, about this with Jim Farber, was WLIR. Yeah, now that is a station that a lot of people don't know about, but in the 80s, it was a very progressive... It was the only... only Long Island. It wasn't even in the city, right? No, here's the thing. People in the city would put their FM antennas out the window to try to get this station from from Garden City, New York, uh, Garden City, Long Island. And the thing is, it was the first and only station in the country to be playing this kind of alternative new new, new new wave, wave. you know, English new wave I remember that um, a a bunch of stuff came back from that. I remember working at the radio station. Jim told me there's a documentary out on on, on WLIR. Jim Farber being the uh, music critic from the Daily News, uh, they, um, I remember working at the radio station in college and people from Long Island would, you know, they were just so like, no, I know this stuff because they had LIR right, and we didn't right. know any of it. You know, I mean, we were here and we, I only got music from the city yep. uh, in Jersey. So you'd only just get Boston and the Eagles. Um, they didn't right. play any of this kind of stuff. So I was amazed when I got to college. Um, but I remember they, the Billy Idol the Flesh for Fantasy Below the Belt mix, I believe, exclusively came from WLIR. Yeah, a lot of like they a lot of acts actually mixes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know their own yes. like twelve yeah. inch discs they'd put out 
with a, apparently the artist's permission, or maybe not at that. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, uh, no, I think they did. I think they they were EP versions of the well standard... artists like that. I mean, they got somebody like Billy Idol started. Yeah. Um, well, here, by, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, which I guess then the artist was very happy to give consent mm-hmm. to lots of stuff because. They got them. They got artists we never would have heard anywhere That's else right. if they didn't play it there. It's interesting that Long Island came up with that. So in like England, they had it right, but yep. why only Long Island? Isn't that strange? Not New York pick it up like that. Well, be, because they did were, you know the DJs there and stuff? Like I, I, there, I didn't. I mean, I knew them. No, then, was, like uh, everybody uh, knew which DJs were which. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, um, Malibu Sue, Larry the Duck. Um, it, it's, on and you on. know, in New Jersey, my friend and our friend Mike Sodder. Uh, ran a station like that here in Jersey uh, called WHTG, mm-hmm. which in the 90s, which was well after LIR broke right. the mold, uh, did the exact same thing. And Matt Pinfield used to work on that station. So um, I don't know if you remember him, yeah. uh, but he was a, a big forerunner in this kind of music. And that we used to go see him DJ a lot in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And it was just a trailer park. Uh, a, a trailer where they had the radio station. I was on it a couple times. You know, I, I, you know, it, it's it's interesting, and I forget why. I, I think the documentary explains it. I mean, they they were doing hard rock, and they needed to do uh, they needed to do a, a shift in in programming, and they changed transmitters or something like that. And somebody had the idea of of, of you know, since they they didn't rely on playlists and well, here's whatnot. something interesting. When we got to college, they. When we got to college, you know, I always wanted to be on the radio, but then, of course, I got kicked off because I was just trying to be Howard Stern. Right. Uh, and on the FM station there, they were playing 38 Special, Boston, the same stuff we were playing here. And John Weber, mm-hmm. our friend, right. who is a brilliant uh, comic actor, and he's unfortunately like me, it just didn't work out for him. He, he he's did, underutilized. He got a lot of stuff. He's under, but it, 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 it hasn't worked out. He's still trying. I'm still trying. You know, we're in the same position. And... Um, Things aren't going well for us uh, as we get older. Um, but, you know, it's funny. He, I wonder if he ever thinks he I credit him with he overthrew the old station manager at our oh, college right, radio station, right. which was your arch enemy anyway. And uh, because he hated gay people um, and said, we're a college station and we need to play music like this. Now, I wonder how he knew about it because he's not from Long Island. He was from Exeter, New Hampshire. Right. Like, how did he get into this kind of new wave music? Where did he find it that well, he was so integral in 1985, changing that when he became the station probably manager? Probably hearing it there through, because don't forget. Hearing it there where? Were, there were a lot of people from Long Island that went he to He didn't our, know anybody from Long Island. Well, uh, you know, look, people. He pe- didn't care for Jews. So he wouldn't hang out with anybody from Long Island. He couldn't true. stand you because you were a homosexual. But this is before. And he doesn't. He has no problem with homosexuals. He just had a problem with you being a homosexual no. and not telling anybody, keeping it a secret. He felt we all did because we were so, we were so close. And we I all was, felt that know. way, Alan. You betrayed all of us with your homosexuality. But I you but should it, have told I, us you prefer cock. Well, I you know <laughs> who knew. Uh, no, but why? How do you think he found out about it? If he didn't, like, I think why people was were playing so it around. About I, it? I think people were playing. You know, playing it in but the dorm rooms. But how did he know? That a college radio station well, because should be what, this. Do you because think were there once, other college radio stations yes, doing this? I, I think I think from WLIR, which which played to um, 
our at that time our demographic young you know young college age you know late high school young college age kids but he knew that went about up, that. but but they oh, went, that went off, off to college went and off they to started, college started see, playing I that see. music around other people and people were like oh my god this stuff is really great yeah I'm fascinated and it's not that your, he was able it's not to... pop you know pop playlist you know I guess that happens pablum. when you're in college you just discover other people's music you discover yeah, other things but it's just funny because it you know it wasn't. That Except for now, because you it makes students it feel unsafe when they hear music they've never heard before. I know, but I'm just saying, um, now you threw me off. I Sorry. hope you're happy with your little comment. Uh, we're having a good conversation but here no, about but music. They, they do, so you were saying, they, yeah, they do. College is where no, you but experiment and find then, new... it was very easy. It was very difficult to find music. Right. They weren't playing it on the radio. You couldn't just get it on YouTube. Did he go down and purchase it? You know, like where did they I would find say people, all this stuff? People, remember we I guess we he'd made go to mix, the record store and stuff. Yeah, well, and yeah, made him a mix yeah, tape. But who did it? Exactly. Like, how did this guy become the station manager of a radio station? How did he get into new music if only LIR had it? I'm, I was always fascinated. Well, by it, that. it did. It did go from and WLIR to. Out, I still have albums yeah. from the radio station because they were throwing them out, and this killed that guy Kevin. Oh. Um, uh, uh, which you didn't care, right? And uh, and and he just kicked everything out, threw out all thirty-eight special albums and all that kind of stuff, and bought in the Nick Kershaw and the Go West right. and all that, you know, stuff. Um, it was a major overchange that right. completely. I tell this, he was responsible for. But don't forget too, they're, 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 the record companies were sending this stuff to colleges. Oh, it went that's from, true. Right. It went from you know WLIR then uh, to LA. I think Kiss FM there was starting to play some alternative music, and then and then when when the you know the the um, folks that the re- when the labels were sending out stuff to uh, to to college radio stations, they were like, well, we're going to send this new great stuff that's catching on to college age kids on Long Island and now in LA and people in New York are trying to, you know, get their antennas out their window yeah. so they can get LIR. They knew they had I a hit. They knew they had something. This guy, you know, our friend John Weber, like well, not only was he funny, but he was able to like reprogram an entire radio right. station that if I knew I was able to do that in college, I, I think I'd be more upset with myself <laughs> that things didn't work out. Of course, on the flip side of that, we did amazing stuff in college. We did amazing stuff. And, um, and still things didn't work out. Again, it's so weird. But you got this you know, great podcast. I always thought that uh, after college, I had all these videotapes. Like, you know, I'm like, well, I, I have proof of all these sketches. It's going to be easy for me to find work. Right. I don't know what happened. Huh. Yeah. No, I, I think that that way sometimes. Yeah. And I I made it even doubly hard, hard on myself by getting into being activism. Homosexual. Well, not oh, only that, but being, <laughs> being an act, uh, no, well, that, a well, gay you activist. It, you can't say it like that. It, that was a, you know, again... You know, I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time. What you did is completely different. What John Weber did that for himself. What you did was for other people. And when there's, uh, you know, gay guys that I know that are like Matteo mm-hmm. is a great example. And this guy is a friend of mine. Really and funny, he's a very really talented actor yeah. and, and good comedian. But he is on Seth Meyers or The Tonight Show doing gay material about being gay. He's not afraid to be gay. That's right. And I say, truly, that is in many part thanks to you and people like yourself who you rallied to get people to say, you know, not just about AIDS or anything like that, but to say, I don't want kids in high school going through what I did. I don't want to hide in the shadows. And then you have a guy like this who really should be 
kissing your ass metaphorically. Well, you know, I, and I wonder if they that, even yeah. understand. No, they don't. For a minute, <laughs> what don't. you had to go through and and keep the secret. It's it's amazing. Well, and let's it's not put it this just way. Him. There's so many. I'm talking about even these guys at my office who are not gay. The millennials who don't even understand. That's right. Uh, you know the plight of gay people because they're like everything's open. And there are people in high school who are out. And, and and about and they nobody cares. People in Mateo's There's tough age. guys that don't care. They're not going to beat you up because you're gay. That's right. Because of you well, thank and you. what you did you. to shed light on it. It's it's amazing. Well, I pre- I appreciate that. And, and you know it's true. Like, you know I'm very happy when I go see see him and uh, at the Godfather or whatever. And, and he's wonderful. And I love that he's getting national attention. And and a lot of gay comedians are. And I I don't need them to to. You know I know, but no, I think but, about but, it all the time. This but has I, but a lot I will to say I will say it's that it it, it is. I wish people understood that a lot of people did give up their careers so that they could have theirs. They're never going to understand that. They probably They're, won't. They can't understand it. Uh, you got lucky in the sense also that your parents understood. Um, yeah, you I know, got very I, lucky that way for sure. If they did not, it might have gone a different direction. That's right. Um, but yes, you always have fought for the cause. It's funny. You know, that that's one of those things. Activism, once you kind of get to where you're going you know you haven't done anything but i mean certainly now gays can get married all that kind of stuff um you know when you're an activist then you've done you've gone to a point and then the question is like well now what do i do that's what i do i love doing activism so i know you're always ready to get behind a cause but i think the thing with activism is is you, you always have to keep it in your heart but there's a point where i think you have to say i've done my job it's time for somebody else to take over that's it's, it's difficult just, it's for interesting you to, that because you I know that. you yeah. love doing it. You love fighting for the cause. And then what do you do? You know, well, you, you know, you, and, you and get now's screwed the, in a way. Now's the perfect example of, of what you're saying. You know, I'm I'm older. I need to think of also putting food on the table exactly. and paying the maintenance and whatnot. And you need to move on. But but but, you know, you need to be in the in the mix. But you can't be the leader anymore. And right. you can, but it's not. It's not well, your young, fight anymore. Young yeah. people, young people want to feel ownership in it. They want to get into they it. They just have to, and 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 you know, you can. You have you to can, be a mentor towards right. Them you more. and you can maybe be a guide if they let you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, millennials are very uptight about leaders and yes, stuff like that. But yeah, but you were like that too back. Then, I think we, so. you know, we well, when except, you're young, except they no, you hate no. There's, there was a difference though back then. Uh, you you know these guys that that I worked in you know that were activists also in ACT UP and and later in Queer Nation but particularly in ACT UP in the old days uh, they demanded respect and and they got it you know for the, for the work they did whereas I think millennials are are but again are, also are a little sassier guys, when it those comes old guys to guys when you're talking about ACT UP and stuff um, I don't know whether they guard they said they need respect but you know respect always has to be earned and um, you know what did they do. Really, there was no AIDS when they no, were. No, no, but but some of these guys, some of these guys that taught me how to do activism, were at Stonewall. Were actually oh, at the Stonewall. Oh, I guess I and they were fighting against the Vietnam them. War. Don't forget. Oh, and yeah. some of these guys were really, really knew what the what the hell they were talking about. And that and the women, there were um, there were lesbians. Thinking of on my part. No, there were there were lesbians also that that had to deal with women's health issues that that nobody thought of back I then. I think I was thinking because AIDS had come around when you started which was the perfect way to, you know, have to fight for a cause. Yeah. Um, well, the scariest way to have to fight yes, for a yes. cause. Um, I think I was um, thinking that in this day and age, like with millennials, like we actually don't know what they've been through because there's been September 11th and stuff right. like that. 
And, you know, it's almost like, they're like, shut up, old man. You haven't left to live with me. We really haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look back, I mean, our uh, childhood, the, the 80s were the most hilarious of decades. That's true. Uh, I mean, besides AIDS, which, which was uh, very well, devastating. Was, and that was scary for, for, for me, probably more so than you. Well, you don't know that. Okay. I told you a hundred <laughs> times. We, we, when you didn't know how AIDS was transmitted, right. I told you when I used to work at Bennigan's, they told me to cool down the gayness. Remember, I tried to get extra it, tips oh, that's right. by being effeminate. And they're like, maybe you better... Yeah. Maybe uh, Well, that, that so there, there there was the homophobia that came out of the whole AIDS yes, crisis that that was also compounded. You didn't know how it was passed so, out. Right. But even when we We were if, afraid to smoke a joint with you. Even when we even when we did, you know, it wasn't about me feeling like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm going to die." It's like, "Oh my god, I have friends with HIV." Yeah, and of course. you know, that that became the issue. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it was it was it was horrible. It was horrible knowing that, you know, you were going to lose friends at the tender age of 23, 24, 25, yeah. you know, so that sucked. But uh, so, yeah, it's a different, different situation now. But it's uh, unbelievable that, um, it, you know, w- w- you, you, when it, with AIDS, you fought for not just you, but like a lot of people got in the way. You, you know, definitely spearheaded it. But there is there's not a cure, but you can hold it off. I mean, they, they found they, with all the the pushing and the, and the money donated like they you know it's not like some of the diseases like we're like I don't know what's well, happening that, and that's and that's a direct uh, res, you know that's directly correlated to the work we did uh, if, uh, I know if I might just plug a film uh, by a, a, a friend now David Fratz How to Survive I'm a Plague <laughs> How to Survive a Plague um, I, I you can hear me kind of see me with a little bit of hair in the first couple of scenes but it 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 tells the story of a couple of people in ACT UP and how they help to get these protease inhibitors, these drugs, wow. to people. To So, yeah, so, I mean, it would... Alan, we, I, I have always given you the respect well, for that. You. And most of my friends have as well. I know Sarah gets it. David Tell gets it. Well, thank um, you. These are people that have known you for a long time and they understood um, that you would always fight for the cause and I think they appreciate it as well. And or they respect it. And I, and I appreciate uh, my friends being now supportive. Said, now you got to do something you. else. All right. Now you got to do, now you got to make <laughs> yeah. that cream cheese so they there really you respect you for your, for your financial gain. That's right. Anyway, folks, um, how do you not go out on this one again, right? Wow. <laughs> it's been in my head. Love it. Um, Alan, thank you so much for coming over. Isn't it funny? See oh, the cat's like running around. She's, she's right so here. What am I also supposed happy. to do? I don't know. Yeah, thank uh, you for coming over and keeping me company today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed no, this it was, as always. Uh, I, we went kind of long because I was having, this was a great conversation. I loved it. Uh, I had a couple things prepared. Like Monday, I couldn't prepare anything. I'm like, we're just going to talk. And then um, I just kept coming up with things I wanted to talk about. And you're fun to talk to about music and stuff like that. So it's easy. And um, just thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Yeah, and I will see you on Tuesday, everybody. Yes, indeed. Tuesday's the big Happy birthday, birthday show. You're all welcome to come. And, uh, of course, September 12th is Greece, and it's happening. And it's, it's goddamn happening. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's happening. And then I just got the date. I'm sorry, everybody. Breaking news. December 19th, Love Actually. Ooh. I'm going to gay it up until uh, March when we do Goodfellas, and then uh, you know, we get manly again. But for right now, we're doing the two... Greece and love actually for the ladies Ooh. until we go back to the uh, the manly stuff. So that is the plan Woo. for this season. Everybody, I will see you next week on the podcast after the Big Birthday Show. See you next time on the Dave Does Go Podcast, everyone. Thank you, Alan. Hey.